This is our first session without Devin. Yes, we desperately need Devin. We miss Devin. But by the way, this is the Marble Forest Podcast. Oh yeah, hi. (laughs) Hi. I'm Amber. And I'm Jesse. And And Tim Nasukos is here for emotional support. I brought something to show you. Oh, okay. So don't flip too much through it because I have a couple stories I want to do out of this. Oh, okay. But I found this at uh, Walmart (gasps) the other day. Oh my gosh, it's so cool. So it's... Um, like a magazine, it's America's Scariest Places. Yeah. And it's really cool. I just did a little That's flipping through it. the Pennsylvania State Penitentiary, I think. Possibly? I think it's Pennsylvania. It's a state penitentiary. It's a really famous state penitentiary. It might be in there. Um. Um, but yeah, I saw that and I was like, I was, looked at Jason and I was like, hey, do you want to buy me this? And he's like, <laughs> no. And I was like, do it anyway. <laughs> But he ended up buying it for me. And I also found, you know, these pens that I always use every single week. Yeah. These are my favorite pens and I can't find them anywhere. And Walmart oh, had them. Myrtle's Plantations in here. It is in there. I'm going to flip through all of it. I can guarantee you I won't remember it though. That's so. fine. Yeah. It's really cool. Oh, I want to stay in the Queen Mary. Remember when I was trying to convince Brendan to stay in the Queen Mary? I do remember that. <laughs> and he was just like... I, I, I screenshot the conversation to you and he, his response was, I'm like, Hey, do you want to stay in the Queen Mary? It's like this old ship in California that they have parked. He goes, is it haunted? <laughs> and I go, well, why would you ask that? Like, <laughs> because he knows you. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I've never actually stayed anywhere, you know, haunted. Well, no, that's a lie. <laughs> I don't. I guess I would say I don't know if I have. I don't think I've actively Um, tried to. Well, things that, like, I just know in general, you know, like, the house that we stayed in Europe was haunted. I remember you telling me that. Uh, I, well, I didn't end up staying the night at the house. Uh, there was a house, Michelle's cousin, I didn't end up staying at that house because, no. And I don't think Michelle did either. She wanted someone to stay with her while she was house sitting. And I was just like, Yep, no, I'm I'm leaving. <laughs> so I've house sitted house sat before. And the girl that I house sat for, she I I babysit for her too sometimes. And one day I was sitting there in our living room with her and she came home or she had just come home and I was like, Yeah, your cat just kept meowing into at nothing and it was freaking me out. And she's like, Yeah, my house is haunted. And I was like, oh, <laughs> she's like, yeah, there, I guess there were some instances where like they think it's um, her grandpa because it only ever does nice things and it only ever tries to like take care of the baby. She said like one time the baby was crying. They heard it over the baby monitor and then they just heard like shushing. Over the baby monitor, oh, and creepy. he went. He was out again, like or like, and then like the mobile started playing again, mm. and he went back to sleep before mm. they even went in there. Oh, and I no. was just like, "You didn't tell me your house was haunted." Like I've purposely been to a couple of places that are haunted as well, right? Ah, uh, and then there's just been like you'll go to the place because you're like, "Oh yeah, I'm so cool. I'm gonna go to this place," and then like you're overwhelming intuition is just like don't go in there and you're like i i can't go in there as much as i want to go in there i, I can't i don't right. know why but i can't <laughs> like you know i 
understand that because I get I'm a chicken I get scared of everything so there's just times when I'm just like kind of afraid I don't really want to do this I'm the worst I won't go outside at night by myself I freak out for no reason yeah I don't know I don't trust the woods at night oh I don't blame you like don't don't be walking through the woods at night like that's creepy as fuck so uh by the townhouse yes um so you know the middle section of grass Yes. So yesterday, uh, I picked Devin up and we were heading back to my house and it was nighttime. It was probably like 10 o'clock-ish. It's a creepy child staring at you in the middle of the... No, there was a lady, there was a girl out there and she had one of those like color changing glowing hula hoops and Uh, she was hula hooping in the middle in that section. Freaks you out. It was a little weird, but I was like, it's kind of cool. I want one of those hula hoops. (laughs) I would never hula hoop because I have no coordination. Oh, that's fine. But, all right, should we get started? Yeah. Uh, you have the coin. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Am I just going to flip it every time? I mean, sure. I don't know. Because, like, apparently it always picks me, no matter who flips it. Let's see. Is it you? No, it's you. I start? Yeah, you start. Did you, Are you lying to me? No. I didn't see the coin. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I lie to you, Amber? Because you always start. <laughs> Well, technically, it did land on me, but if you want to start, <laughs> you're going to go against the coin. Oh, that's bad juju. Okay. That's bad juju. That's bad juju. <laughs> so mine is The Curse of Dudleytown, Connecticut. Ooh. Yes. This story is pretty much the series of unfortunate events revolving around some stupidity of someone who moved to the town and people trying to escape it. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. I'm excited. So pretty much most of the history is just unfortunate events. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I'm going to be completely honest with you. It's like the the series of unfortunate events where Neil Patrick Harris says, look away, look away. <laughs> you know, like, that's yes. pretty much this town. Okay. Okay. So the story starts long before Connecticut. Um, where the heritage where a Saxon named Dud settled in an area of England. Dud? Dud. Yeah, his name was Dud. Dud. Like D- D-U-D-D. Dud. Wow. I I don't know. Okay. Okay. (laughs) That's a name. Um, I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, but I'm just going to pronounce it as American as possible. Dud was known as the Duke of America and died in 725 A.D., but the land he had settled would soon house the Dudley Castle. Okay. So, like, pretty much named after him. Um, note, a Saxon is a Germanic uh, people that inhabited parts of central and northern Germany in Roman times and okay. conquered and settled in southern England in the 5th and 6th centuries. Yeah. So, just okay. so you know. History. I actually because I didn't know what positive. a Saxon was. Yeah, I wasn't positive what one is. I know I've heard the term probably a million times, but yeah. um, so was his name actually Dud or yeah, Dudley? It was, it was Dud. Okay. Okay. This is okay. This is where it comes in all together. So, one of the names for land, like old English term for land, was lay. Okay. Yeah. So the area was called Dud's Lay. So. Oh, yeah, eventually I, it turned into Dudley. Oh, <laughs> you know, I get it. Yeah. You answered my question yeah, there see? right away. I got it. I should have just been patient. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Many centuries later, when uh, taking surnames became necessary, uh, some people took the name based on their occupation, like Smith or Baker, and other people took it on based on the land that they came from. So, uh, the Dudsley was Dudley, you know? Okay. Yeah. So. And the curse of Dudleytown actually dates back to 1510, England, when Edmund Dudley was beheaded for plotting to overthrow King Henry VIII. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, so we taken a real back. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like you shouldn't plot to do things to kings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh wait, but it's, yeah, so during his beheading, he was cursed by a witch for, and then it was placed on all of the Dudleys, like the name, you know, oh, for treason. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, every Dudley in existence? Pretty much. Oh, God. If your last name is Dudley, you've been warned. Yes. The curse states that all Dudleys from Edmund Dudley's lineage, so, like, his specific lineage, would find themselves surrounded by horrors. Wow. Yeah. It'd be really interesting to go back if your last name or whatever was Dudley and see if what lineage you were from. Yeah. Um... So, John Dudley followed in his father Edmund's footsteps. Um, in some articles, his name was Edward and some was Edmund, but I like Edmund, so we're going to go with Edmund. Okay. Uh, and also tried to overthrow the queen by marrying his son, Guilford Dudley, to Lady Jane Grey, uh, known as the Nine Day Queen. <laughs> oh, my god. The great-granddaughter of Henry VII. Was she only Who queen? had a sex chair. Was she- Oh, oh. He, <laughs> she had the sex up. chair? No, Henry VII had a sex chair. Brendan brought this up to me last night. And he's like, you should just like throw it in and then keep going. And you did. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. So Henry VII had a sex chair because he was too fat and was afraid to crush his suitors. Oh my God. I Hold on. I didn't save the picture, but I can like look it there's up real quick. There's a picture? Yes, there's a picture of the chair. The chair still exists. Oh my God. That's, that's some issues if you have to have a chair. And let me explain it while I'm looking for it. It's pretty much, so a girl going to the gynecologist, like her foot goes in stirrups. Oh, and then he like pounds her. <laughs> I've seen this chair online. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I saw it in regards to. Oh, there was a um, there was a a recreation of like a drawing of this chair how it was used. <laughs> Disturbing. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was pretty much like a Kama Sutra like drawing. Right. But, like his feet would like sit in there so he wouldn't slide away and then her feet would be in the stirrups right there. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Well I guess if you're he was a king, right? I guess if you're yeah. a king you can have that kind of shit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Alright, well thanks for derailing this story. Yeah. <laughs> we can blame Brendan. Thanks, Brendan. Yep. Um so back to <laughs> Lady Jane Grey, the nine day queen. Right, she was queen until her stepsister gained more support, more or less, is what I put, um, and was held in the Tower of London until she was pardoned by Queen Mary. So her stepsister, uh, Queen Mary, um, and but this was short-lived because her father ended up joining the rebellion, and it was deemed that she could not be trusted. And both Jane and her husband, Guilford Dudley, were executed in February twelfth, fifteen fifty-four. Oh man. That's unfortunate. Yeah. 
John Dudley's other son, Robert Earl of Leicester, left England avoiding to lose his own head. Oh, so yeah. like he was going to get executed. Uh, probably. Probably. Because he just came from a family that tried to overthrow the king multiple times. Right. So, he's just like, I'm gonna just get the fuck out of here before... Do you blame him? No. I would, too. I don't blame him at all. I'd be like, peace, I'm going somewhere else and changing my name. (laughs) Yep. So, the Dudley family ended up settling in Cornwall, Connecticut, a couple years after it was founded by Thomas Griffiths. Okay. Cornwall, not Dudley. Right. In October of 1773, the Connecticut General Assembly ordered the act of directing the sale of settlement of all townships in the western lands. The act stated that 50 private parcels of land uh, from many western Connecticut towns would be divided and auctioned off. Cornwall was auctioned and was at auction and began at 50 pounds per parcel. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, that was a lot. 50 pounds per parcel. Yeah, so pretty much it was bought by Thomas Griffith. That, that, that was, I clearly put that in, in not the right order. That's okay. Yes, but Thomas bought it for pretty cheap. Okay. <laughs> um, and this was Cornwall. Yes. Okay. Yes. And today, uh, Dudley Town looks much like it did when uh, Thomas Griff- Griffiths first walked into the land, um... But because of the location is dense with the tall woods and forest, uh, it was given the ominous name of the Dark Entry Forest. That is creepy. Yeah. Um, lying in the shadows of the mountains, it also meant that the town was receiving little sunlight. Oh. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like the deliverance, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> That's... But technically the actual town, Dudley Town, was never actually a town. It was part of Cornwall Township. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Dudley Town uh, used the Cornwall Church, Town Hall, and Cemetery. The area was only called Dudley Town because of the number of Dudleys who lived in the area. Oh, that's funny. So <laughs> right. it wasn't even the town name. They just were like, hey, uh, uh, everyone who lives over here's last name is Dudley, so that's Dudley Town. Yeah, that's uh, pretty much what happened. It was never even official at all. Oh, God. <laughs> That's great. Yes, but the curse was not over for this family lineage. Well, of course not. Well, yeah, because we're not done with the story yet. Of course not. (laughs) Uh, Cornwall Township was a hard area to farm in. They had to make fields suitable for farming with rocky soil. Each stone had to be picked up and moved. Stone walls were created by clearing the woods in the fields so that they can actually try to grow something. So the stone walls were created from clearing the fields? Yeah, clearing the fields from the rocky terrain that was the oh, area. that's unfortunate. Yeah. Each moving each individual stone. And there are enough stones to make walls. Yeah. So this is where things start to go wrong. I mean, things weren't already going wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they could go really wrong. Uh, many unexplainable things started to occur for the residents of Dudley Town. There seemed to be a high level of dementia... That residents experienced. Oh, that's not good. No, no, not at all. So, like, pretty much it was just a town of people going crazy. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yes. It was believed to be possible lead poisoning from the rocks in the area around Dudley Town. They contained iron and other metals, but lead poisoning in the extent that was thought to cause dementia was usually fatal. Right. Um, And no matter what, for a century, people still lived there. (laughs) Dementia is... 
kind of scary. Yeah. I My great-grandma has dementia. Yeah. No, like, my, uh, my grandma had dementia, and the t- deterioration is scary. It is, and it's noticeable. Yeah. It's noticeable. So, I guess in the time period, if did they know it was dementia? Because if they didn't know de- it no, was I dementia. Think, I honestly think is they just thought people were going crazy in the town. Yeah, because if they didn't know it was dementia, that's what you would think, right? Yeah. That would be terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so, there were also many Native American tribes that lived in the area surrounding Dudley Town. Even some of the French Indian War took within 100 miles of the town. But after the war, there was a fallout from the Native Americans for several years after, and a group of Dudley Town residents ended up meeting their end at the angered Native Americans. Oh. So this is where we start to really die. Yeah. In this town. Everything has been really unfortunate so far. Oh, yeah. No. See, I foreshadowed correctly. You did. Okay. <laughs> so pretty much... I. It, Worth now to the list is just literally a list of unfortunate events. Okay, I'm prepared. Yes. So in 1774, the Carter household was struck with an epidemic, killing the entire home. The remaining Carter family members that lived in the town, but not like in the same house, they were so distraught from the loss, they moved to New York, but were unfortunately their luck ran out when the Native American ended most of the family's lives, only sparing three of the children. Oh, my God. Yeah, so the luck follows people is pretty much also too what happens. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, the children were spared and were taken to Canada, where the two daughters were ransomed and the son remained, like, with the Indian tribe. He eventually married an Indian girl, and he actually avoided the curse altogether returned to the United States for education and became the a Supreme Court judge. Wow. Well, good He's for him. He's the only person in this story that has a happy ending. Okay, well, I'm happy for him. Okay. <laughs> because he was kidnapped. He's just he's living still... his best life. Maybe he somehow, I don't know, somehow they were just like, well, he's already been kidnapped. I mean, this is the curse talking. He's already been kidnapped. You His know. family's dead. Let's just give this one to His him. His sisters were ransomed to someone. God, that's terrible. Yeah. And I go, but oh, wait, there's more. Oh, wait. I <laughs> yeah. didn't expect there not to be. That was the first bullet, wasn't it? No, that was technically the second bullet. Oh, technically too. Okay. Well, because the first one was the Indians just murdering a bunch of residents. <sighs> okay. Okay. Third bullet. Third bullet. One of the most famous residents of the town was General Heman Swift, whom had served in the Revolutionary War until General George Washington, under General George Washington. But in 1804, misfortune literally struck his home when his wife was struck by lightning on their front porch and killed instantly. What? I'm sorry. (laughs) She She was just out there on the front porch porch and got struck by lightning. Minding her own business. In a town that's pretty much woods. Like, woods so dense that snow wouldn't fall on the town, supposedly. Oh, my God. How did it even get there? I don't know. Like, did anything catch on fire? I have so many questions. I don't know that many answers. (laughs) (laughs) No, but yes, she was... Struck by lightning on her porch and died. That's horrible. And shortly after his wife's death, 
it had reported that he had gone slightly demented. Oh my god. What is going on? (laughs) (laughs) A lot of fucked up shit is really what's going on. There was uh, Horace Greeley, who was an editor and the founder of the New York Tribune. Horace? Horace. I thought you said horse at first. No, Horace. Horace. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Not a horse. Yes. He was editor and founder of the New York Tribune. He married Mary Cheney, who was born in Dudleytown. No. Get out. (laughs) He was trying to bid for a spot for president. Until she completed suicide and he lost the bid within the week. Oh, fuck. In the same week. She committed, his wife committed suicide and he lost the bid for presidency. Oh, man. That's rough. Does it say why she committed suicide or she just... All, okay, so there's a lot of suicides in this that all come over people supposedly in this town. It's just like an overwhelming feeling of dread, supposedly. And... That's, it's pretty much, it's the town that makes you want to do that. Right. I would say probably if it's a curse too, you can't escape this curse. It's probably making you feel miserable. Yeah. So obviously people can't escape. Well, I feel like, okay. So I feel like anyone who's not actually a Dudley can escape. Right. (laughs) You know, some, I guess, actually, no, that's inaccurate because the Carters lost all their lives, yeah. except for the kid who became the Supreme Court judge. <laughs> so, but yeah. So, pretty much, I think if you just live here, your life is screwed. Yeah, don't live there. Yeah. During the 1920s, Dr. William C. Clark set up his summer home in the abandoned town. Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gets abandoned. I'm just going to read this because I don't know why I threw it in here. I was... I found this after the fact, and so I was just like, oh, throw it in here. And I'm like, it'll flow, right? No, it won't. Okay. It's but, Okay. So, in the abandoned town, and one evening, he came back from a business trip to find his l- wife laughing hysterically. Why? She had told her husband about apparitions and demons that had visited her while he was absent. She killed herself when he returned to New York, and ironically, he remarried and continued to spend his summers in Dudleytown. Why would you do that? Yeah. I don't know. God. A lot of, a lot of people. A lot of story revolves around one of, see, it should have went after this one. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) Uh, Another story revolves around the last residents of the town, like, so before the doctor. Dr. Clark, I think, right? The Brophy family... I'm going to go with Brophy because it looks like Trophy, but with a B. Okay. Okay. I I would say probably Brophy. Okay. We're going to go with Brophy. The Brophy family um, lived, were the last residents of the town. John and his family lived in Dudley Town until the late 1800s when his wife got sick with TB and passed away. Mm. What occurred shortly after is especially strange. And it gives me, like, shivers just thinking about it. Oh, God. John's two children just disappeared into the woods. What? Yes. Never to be seen again. They just disappeared into the fucking woods. They just wandered off and never came back in the woods, in the fucking mountains. What the fuck? Right? There's, they, that's creepy. Like, I assume they went and looked for their children, but no trace or anything. They just disappeared they into just the disappeared. woods. Yeah, but oh wait, there's more to this story. Oh God. This rock. 
John burned down his home and just walked away. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, talk about a reaction. Yeah, right. I mean, I guess I would be pretty distraught if my children walked into the woods and never came back. But that's horrible. Yeah. So they were like the last group of people besides William Clark, right? Yes. I think that was yeah. his name. Dr. William Clark, who is currently still living in the town, I think, if I remember correctly. I didn't write it down. Well, you said it was around the 1920s, so yeah. it's very Possib- possible. Maybe, like, a son of his is still living in the town? Maybe. I mean... I mean, I'm assuming he wasn't a baby when he <laughs> moved into the town. And his wife went crazy. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. So maybe not. But oh, yeah, okay. We'll figure we'll, it out. Whatever. We'll roll with it. He's um, just really old. Yeah. So by 1918-99, Dudley Town was completely deserted and the forest began to reclaim the land. So pretty much all the houses started to fall down. The trees started to overgrow along roads. So this is before William Clark moved in. Yes. Okay, so it was completely abandoned. Then he moved in and built a summer house. Well, that seems smart. Yeah. Obviously, it was abandoned for a reason. Yeah. And, well, yeah, a reason that his wife killed herself over. Oh, my God. (laughs) It is still known as the Dark Entry Forest today. And only cellar holes and a few foundations remain. The roads have become forest trails and the woods have become strangely silent. Silent. Um, the birds and bugs that sing and call during a hike to Dudley Town do not follow you into the area. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. They're like, we ain't going in there. Because then we'll be Dudleys. And then it'll <laughs> curse us. Yes. So, but due to the rumors of ghost activity beginning in the 1980s, the site began to be subject to vandalism and the owners have since closed the land to the public. And the Connecticut police say those who go there or attempt to go to Dudley Town will be arrested for trespassing trespassing and or parking and fines starting at $75 will be placed per person. Wow. So, I think $75 is worth it right now, but... I mean, don't go in a big group. No. (laughs) (laughs) Don't take, like, 20 people with you. Yeah. I don't know why you'd want to take that many people, but... (laughs) Yeah. All right. So, let's get to the experiences of the town. All right. I'm pumped. Yes. They've got to be weird, right? They are weird. Okay. So, they might be a little out of order because, you know, as when you called me, I was still, like... Just looking. I was like, oh, I have this free time. I'm just going to keep looking up more experiences. So I just like copied and pasted them and threw them into places. That's okay. All right. We'll roll with it. All right. I'm sure we'll get there. All right. So in Dudley Town, there's an overall eerie feeling when approaching the site. Of course there is. Yeah. Many people, many people's feelings range from stabbing pains in their stomachs, tightness in their backs, and like headaches. That's awful. Oh, no. Yeah. People who travel the road near Dudley Town on a daily basis have reported seeing a solid black mass that will follow you. No matter if you're walking or driving. No! Get away from me! (laughs) Yes. In the article that I read, it was like the blackest of black of blackest mass will follow you. So I just went solid black. (laughs) I would be taking another route. Yeah, you don't need a ghost of you following you? No. 
Uh-uh. Yeah. I told you I'm a chicken. That would <laughs> terrify me. I'd probably cry. Yeah. There have been a lots of reports of no normal woodsly noises. Like, so no wind, no bugs, no animals. Oh, that's eerie. Yeah. So pretty much you fall into this stale feeling area. Right. And are feeling pain or tightness. Or... Yeah. And like, you just keep going. Ugh, no. <laughs> if I felt pain, I'd be like, I like, if my stomach is hurting, like, cause like I read this one story and she goes, my friend was receiving stabbing pains in her stomach and she thought like she needed to go to the ER and yeah, we still just kept walking. I'm like, I'm thinking that my appendix is bursting and we need to get my ass to a hospital if my like well, yeah. stomach is in that much pain. If I'm feeling that much pain, generally I'm like, I need to get, I need to like lay down or sit down. I need to not do this. I need to go home. That's creepy. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't immediately think though that it was something to do with the area but I assume it probably goes away, like, once you leave the area. Yeah. And then and that's how you know. Ugh. So, but then there are unexplained noises. Of course there are. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so, pretty much think of walking through a woods and you could hear a pin drop, but then hear something really fucking creepy. Oh, I don't want to hear <laughs> something creepy. <laughs> so, this noise was described. So, they were walking through the woods and this noise was described. Like a dumpster dragging across asphalt. Oh. And it was, yeah, and I wrote, and it was especially creepy due to the silence of the forest. Well, fuck yeah, it would be. Because that noise would be loud as fuck. It would be loud as fuck, and it would also probably scare the fuck out of you when it started, because you're not hearing anything. You're just walking in silence. Yeah. And then all like you of a probably, sudden. You could probably, like, hear, like, your blood flowing and your heart beating, like, in those, like, Super acoustic silence rooms. Right. So sidebar real quick. Okay. Because I just thought of this. Okay. So the other night I was lying in bed and I was just watching TV and it was really late and it was kind of quiet because I had my TV down really, really low so that it wouldn't wake up Jason. And all of a sudden I hear like screeching. Screeching? Our windows were open. Okay. So I hear screeching behind and you know the neighborhood behind the townhouse. I just hear this really long screeching and it was happening for like... 30 like seconds. Like an animal screech or like a mechanical screech? Like a mechanical screech. car okay. screech. Okay. And then all of a sudden, just a loud metal on metal crash. <gasps> it was like two in the morning and then nothing. Complete silence. And I was just like, it put me in a really eerie feeling. I was like, oh my God, what just happened? Someone just drunkenly crashed a car into something. Yeah. And I really wanted to go back there and see what it was the next day. But like, so I like, it was quiet and I just sat there. I like muted the TV for a minute, see if I could hear any like yelling or anything. Nothing. About five minutes later, someone honked a car horn in that same area. I looked out the window and I could see taillights, but I couldn't, it was hard to see through like the trees and the houses back there. And then it kind of faded away. I kind of was like, okay, I'm just going to watch TV. I finished watching my episode, turned off the TV, laid down in bed, fell asleep. I was probably only asleep for like 30 minutes and a car alarm just started going off. And it was so creepy. It was so annoying because I was asleep. But, like, yeah. the initial thud and just eerie silence and that feeling, is that's what it reminds me of. Like, hearing something dragging in an empty forest or, like, a quiet forest. That's what it would be like. It would be terrifying. Yeah. So, back to... So, I didn't really research this. And I know I should have. 
But people have, because re- I, I threw this in just like last Right. People have reported seeing strange beasts and apparitions. Corpse mutilations were also reported. Oh. Along with still more suspicious, unusual deaths. That's not good. Yeah. That seems culty. Yeah. Well, I also did read a story about how they found a a cow. Like, just like a cow, like, like dead, like, uh, yeah. Poor cow! I didn't put that in there, but I did see a story, of, like, it was definitely culty oh, now. Oh my gosh, that's so creepy. It's definitely turned culty. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Many visitors have reported lots of disembodied voices whispering and laughing. Those are creepy. Yeah. Um, a woman on a white horse has been spotted among other apparitions. That's a weird one. I, yeah, I, I know I should have looked more into these specific ones. Yeah. But I was more or less just trying to get all of, like, as much experiences down as possible. Yeah. yeah. Because, like, you know how I roll with this podcast? I'm literally doing it when you walk through the door to record the podcast. I know, but it's okay. Okay. Um, no, that's a creepy one, though, because, like, it's a forest. Forests don't usually have horses, well, here, Either. this might make more sense to you. People also hear wagon wheels and other sounds of, okay. the, of the past. So, like, the past were... town. Yeah, horse-drawn carriages. Yeah, that's still so creepy. Yeah. Hikers uh, would go into the wood on camp trips only to come back with infections or viruses or bit by animals. What the fuck? Yeah. So there's, like, a lot of reports of that. Like. That's- like, the Crazy. woods are literally trying to kill you. No. <laughs> no. Stay out of there. Okay. Don't go hiking there. Okay. What's wrong with you? So now we're getting to, like, the more actual stories. I chopped them down a little bit, so okay. it might be a little choppy to begin with. But a group of individuals were walking up to the entrance, and while reading the sign, because there's, like, a the sign, they were distracted by movement only to find freshly disturbed soil reading, Never Return. On the ground. And they noticed that there were not even tire tracks in the same spot for where they had just drove. Because they had drove down that path, parked somewhere, and then walked back to it. What the fuck? Yeah. So, either... Okay, in my opinion, either this means this ground is extremely hard. Right. And we already know it's extremely hard because of all the rocks and so on and so forth. And sometimes, yeah, you might not see tire tracks. But the thing is, like, freshly disturbed... Like, if the ground is that hard that you can't see tire tracks, how hard must it have been in to carve Never Return into the fucking ground? Oh, yeah, that's fucking creepy. Yeah. And then, I believe this is my final story. All right, I'm ready. Okay. A woman who lived in a nearby town was taking her dog for a walk when the neighbors heard a gunshot. They found her body high up the road and around the bend, or at the time, uh, was an old collapsed house. It's deep foundation filled with large timbers of fallen roof and walls. The woman's body was sitting up against a brick chimney, her face surrounded by bricks riddled with heavy shotgun fire. What the fuck? At her lap, its muzzle facing her was a single shot rifle. The woman's husband had wanted a divorce that she wouldn't grant, supposedly. Oh my god. And despite the clear physical evidence of being shot with a different gun... Then the long rifle that was with her, the coroner ruled it the obvious murder or suicide. Oh my god. There was also reports I saw in the story that the, the guy who murdered his wife and the coroner were like bros. 
because they took the coroner like hours to get to the the site right and they couldn't move the body until he got to the site because he wanted to finish his golf game wow so during the coming days the woman who not like the woman who she lived with but like a neighbor would see the woman's confused ghost wandering helplessly down the road. Oh my god, that's so sad. The side of her face was blasted away, and one winter night, at the most darkest time, the entire household was awakened by frantic pounding on the front door. The neighbor threw open the front door mid-pound to find no one physically there and no tracks fallen in the new snow. Oh my god. Yeah. So, that is one of the other stories of... The area that's so sad yeah what happened to the dog i don't know oh my god the story said nothing about the dog oh my god but like it was just like literally like a blog entry that's so crazy about like how this guy used to go and stay up in the cabin and like wander into the woods all the time and he's like oh yeah my neighbor and other neighbor got shot and died you know like so that's crazy yeah so some people believe the area is a vortex uh, simply an area of negative energy that attracts unpleasant spirits and people. That would make sense. Yes. It would make sense. Yeah. Because I heavily believe in vortex areas because like, well, we have one here in Michigan too. So that we've talked about. Did we, did we ever talk about on the actual podcast? I'm not sure. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Being at the mystery spot gave me a headache when we were there last summer. Yeah. I think we did talk about the mystery spot on the podcast. I don't remember if we talked about it on the podcast or not. I don't know. I haven't got to that podcast yet. <laughs> but the site is considered dangerous and they try to close it to the public. As I mentioned earlier, right. police are issuing trespassing tickets because many were people getting uh report, getting minor injuries being pushed and shoved by unseen hands and simply overcome by feelings of despair. Wow. Last but not least, there have been many talks about this town as the inspiration for the Blair Witch Project. Oh, wow. Sound familiar? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't it actually sound super familiar now? Yeah. So this is the inspiration for supposedly the Blair Witch Project. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's it. (laughs) Okay. And what was the name of it again? Uh, The Dudley Town... Well, the Curse of Dudley Town, Connecticut, pretty much what it is. Okay. Wow. It's just a city. Okay. So, are you ready for my story? I don't know. It's really <laughs> long from what you told me. So <laughs> It is long, but it's it's so interesting. Okay. okay. So, have you watched the BuzzFeed Unsolved videos? Yes, I, I love the BuzzFeed Unsolved. Okay. You told me it was on Hulu, and I've just been watching it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, it is on Hulu. It is on YouTube, too. So, I actually watched this episode with my sister. Oh, okay. And was so interested in it because they don't tell you a no, whole lot don't. in the episode. No, they don't. That I it's went... mostly just Shane yelling bad things at ghosts. Oh my God, Shane is great. It's Shane, so funny. okay, the mix between the two of them is perfect. They are perfect as a mix. It's literally great because I relate so much to Ryan because I'm terrified of everything. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I relate more to Shane, but the thing is I feel like I'd still be slightly terrified in right. the situation, but I wouldn't be like, Ryan. Right. <laughs> like. So I actually got the idea for this story from that. Okay. Um, I'm doing Penhurst State School and Hospital. Ooh. I don't know if you've watched this one yet, but. Is this the most recent one? No. No, it's not the most recent. I think it was the last season. Oh, last season. Okay. 
So yeah, I gotta refresh my memory. All right, but so, I I have I think I know this one, and I really already freaked out. It's it's get, well, it gets there. Okay. It's rough. So on January twenty third, nineteen o three, the Pennsylvania Les- legislator authorized the creation of the Eastern State Institution for the Feeble Minded and Epileptic. Um, okay, this so is for epilepsy and yeah. It was later known as Pennhurst State School and Hospital. As a child, I had epilepsy. So some of this resonates with me hard because I would have been in one of these facilities. Yeah, back back in the day. Yeah. So well, yeah, because your 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 epilepsy was fucking creepy as fuck. Yeah. Um, I had a I had a thing called petty ma epilepsy, and instead of falling on the floor and having seizures, my seizures would be I would lose all of my senses. I would have no idea what I was doing. And sometimes I'd, like, get up and walk. Sometimes I'd get up and sing. I think I might have talked about this on the podcast before, but they, it looked, essentially, I looked like I was possessed. Yeah. So I would have been in this facility, probably, if I lived in Pennsylvania. (laughs) So this was a place for people with intellectual disabilities and epilepsy to live, learn, and be taken care of in a safe environment. Sounds good so far. Yeah, it's not. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So a commission was organized to determine a placement for the construction. Uh, This commission discovered 1,146 feeble-minded people in insane asylums and 2,627 in county care hospitals, reformatories, and prisons. Oh, so they were just taking everyone out of the worst situations. Yeah. At the time. At the time, yeah. (laughs) So they decided that these people were in desperate need of immediate, specialized institutional care. Okay. So the legislation stated that the building would be two groups, one for the education and industrial department, and one for the custodial or asylum department. Okay. So the institution was required to accommodate no fewer than 500 patients with room for additions. Okay. So it was a huge chunk of land. Yes. And we'll get to how much it is right here. All right. From 1903 to 1908, the first buildings were constructed on 633 acres Mm. in Spring City, Pennsylvania. So some of the first buildings constructed were the girls' dining room, the boys' dining room, the kitchen, storeroom, cottages for the girls, cottages for the boys, teachers' home, school. It was like summer camp. Yeah, like a summer camp. <laughs> uh, they also had a laundry, a sewing, uh, and a powerhouse, and yeah. the administration building. Okay. So in later years, employee housing was added on. And assembly building was constructed. Those were used for like large events yeah. or large things. Um, and these were all buildings considered part of the lower campus. Okay. In 1930, the upper campus, otherwise known as the female colony, was constructed. Okay. I couldn't find like a whole list of all the buildings, but that was, I figured, summed it up pretty good. Yeah. So men and women were kept separate to prevent pregnancies. Oh, yeah. Well, like band camp. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so all of the residents of Penhurst were called children, regardless of their age. Oh, well, I called dogs children regardless <laughs> of their age. <laughs> but, but like, most of, there was a lot of adult residents. And in 1974, the reported average age of residents was 36 years old. And on average, they lived 21 years of their lives at Penhurst. Oh. So uh, the even... 
as adults, they were called children, which to me is just kind of disturbing. Yeah. So people were institutionalized for various reasons, aside from being feeble-minded and epileptic. So this included people who were mentally disabled, orphans, immigrants, criminals, or even if they had ADD or ADHD. Mm. Um, Upon entry, patients were... Uh, They were sorted into categories based on imbecile or insane. uh, Okay. Epileptic or healthy. Oh. So you were either epileptic or you were healthy. Yeah. Well, you were either epileptic or you had some other disorder that classified you as healthy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They were also sorted by dental categories of good, poor, or treated. And these categories, Dental. yes. Like their teeth? Like their teeth. But, like, why are you separating people by their teeth? <laughs> I like, have no idea. <laughs> you're like, oh, your gibber suck. You need to go over there with yeah. these people. Like, <laughs> so these, you're missing some teeth. Yeah. And, like, these categories determined their qualifications for what lodging and what kind of care they received. Oh, okay. Well, that's not super great um, characterizing. No. Of illness at all. Not at all. So within four years of opening, the hospital was overcrowded. Living conditions started to decline. Um, It was, aside from being overcrowded, there was a lack of funding and the building was understaffed. And I'll Uh, get more to that. So patients were assigned to different branches of industry, including mattress making, shoe making, and repair, uh, grading, Farming, laundry, domestic duties. Okay, is it grading like as in farming or like grading as in like, here, learn some school and grade these papers? I would assume they weren't grading papers, but who knows? Grading the earth? Probably. To be flat? Probably that. So they also did farming, laundry, domestic duties, sewing, baking, butchering, painting, and they worked in the store. Um, Penhurst was functional almost completely independently from society. It operated its own power plants, policed its own grounds, and produced its own food. Any additional supplies were brought in by a a railway line that connected the campus to the outside world. Um, So in 1913, the Commission for Care of Feeble-Minded boldly stated that those with disabilities were unfit for citizenship and posed a menace to peace. Just in general to the United States? Just in general. All right. I guess so. (laughs) You know, we could say the same thing now, but they still have citizenship. (laughs) So by the mid-1960s, Penhurst housed 2,791 people. This was about... Have we expanded it from, like, we can take 500? Yeah, they expanded it. Okay. So this was 900 more than the facility could comfortably fit. Oh, okay. So still... Still not great. No, not great. But we're Wait, gonna... how much was it? 2,000? 2,791. Oh, okay. So, so they expanded it to allow at least 1,100 people in the building. Yeah, and you're going to see why this is also a huge issue in this next okay. point. So only 200 of the residents were in any sort of art, education, or recreation program to help improve their conditions. So a lot of them were just neglected. Yep. Got it. Many of them were high functioning enough to improve if they had the appropriate care, but But, they weren't offered it. Yep. 
The building was so severely Were they understaffed. healthy or epileptic? epileptic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not sure, but it's probably a mix of So the building was so severely understaffed, it only had nine medical doctors, oh. two psychiatrists, and 11 teachers for 2,791 people. Sounds like college. None of the teachers had any special education teaching training. Well, what year was this? This was um, mid 1960s. Okay, so they should have been trained. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in 1968, a full length documentary entitled Suffer the Little Children A Peek into <gasps> History of Eugenics and Child Abuse by the State Pennsylvania Penhurst was released. Suffer the little children? Suffer the little children. I told you they called everyone children. It makes the name creepier. <laughs> it does. There were a lot of kids there too, but they called everyone children. Yeah. Okay, children, come on. Yeah. So this revealed to the public the horrors inside the facility. Oh, yeah. This is... <laughs> okay. So there was a doctor in the facility named Dr. Fear. Oh, no. Not, oh, wait. I remember hearing about this. Yeah. Um, oh, he, 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 he didn't age well. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> in the documentary, he admitted to threatening, punish, and punishing patients. On an instant, he punished a patient by giving them an injection that was the most fa- painful that would cause the least amount of damage. Oh, what a dick. Yeah. Fuck you, old man. Um, Look at him and his old man this. Yeah, he's terrible. The documentary also stated that the largest zoos in the country spent $7.15 on each animal daily, which would be $51.69 per animal per day now. Okay. Penhurst spent $5.90 on each patient's daily care, which would be $42.29 now. Mm. So zoo animals got better care than these people? Yes. Um, Animals. I watched the documentary. It was rough. You watched it? I watched it. It's on YouTube. It's only like 35 minutes long. What's it called? It's Suffer the Little Children. Oh, yeah. Suffer the Little Children. Yeah. Um, Is there a lot of like children singing in it to make it no. creepier? <laughs> it's really monotone, but it's really hard because it shows it shows the patients in really terrible conditions um, it's not easy to okay. watch. It Why took me a lot to get through it. These documentary into the hospital. I'm really not sure because it caused so much backlash. All but right, I found it. The patients were like later. really malnourished looking. They were strapped oh. to beds. Um, they were, uh, they were like shaking and like you could see them like hunched in like fetal position. Like it was really hard to watch. It took me the first. Not even the first minute, you're like, oh my God, what is happening? So it's, they talk about patients who enter the facility because they were not getting enough, like, adequate education in the real world. So not even any mental health issues, any, any issues at all. They just weren't getting proper education. Um, after being brought into this facility, they considered most of the, like, a lot of the people autistic and, like, they would put them with. Like, they're autistic. Well, that's because they didn't... They didn't educate them well enough. No, and like I said, only 200 people were getting the education that they were promised. Yeah. So, it is a rough video if you do watch it. 
it's monotone and it's <laughs> a little rough to get through. That Dr. Fear guy is in it mm. as a younger guy. And he kind of beats around the bush kind of question wise. But you get you get what, you know, he's doing because he's a dick. Yeah. Dr. Dick. So in 1974, Terry Lee Halderman, she was a former resident of Penhurst, filed a class action lawsuit. Finally. According to um, reports. For what? So. <laughs> like, I don't know what it's for, but I'm assuming it's for things that I want. It's uh, mostly like conditions okay, of yeah. living in there. So according to the reports, she suffered about 40 in- injuries while in Penhurst. It included cracked teeth, a fractured finger, and a broken jaw. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. The cracked teeth and the broken jaw. There was another. Did she get put with the less dental care people (laughs) (laughs) be like i'm sorry you're a patient now because your teeth suck (laughs) (laughs) so like i even saw though that there was another point in a different article that said her family visited her and they would notice like unexplained bruising on her like she was beaten she was being beaten yeah so the allegations of abuse in the halderman versus penhurst state school and hospital were the first of its kind in the united states This lawsuit asserted that developmentally disabled in the care of the state have a constitutional right to appropriate care and education. So conditions of Penhurst were described by the Supreme Court in this quote. Conditions at Penhurst are not only dangerous, with residents often physically abused or drugged by staff members, but inadequately, or, but inadequate. Indeed, the court found that physical intellectual and emotional skills of some residents have deteriorated at Penhurst. Yeah. Obviously. No shit. <laughs> so in 1984, a final settlement settlement called for the closure of Penhurst and the building officially closed in 1987. Okay. Not great, but all right. Not great. Um, here's another kind of account of how horrible it was there. So former resident Ronald Johnson described Penhurst smell as oh it's fine <laughs> it just smelled like feces rats yeah, crawling it just smells like a porta potty oh for sure right like a porta potty on a hot summer day like <laughs> so rats crawling roaches crawling all over mm. feces and pee on the floor uh, and flies coming in the windows well they need to air out the building <laughs> so disgusting and this is what like so many people were living in these conditions. Yeah. And if you do watch the documentary, it looks dingy and as fuck in that building. Mm. So naturally, Penhurst has a lot of accounts of haunting due to the history of human suffering, violence, and death. Well, yeah. Naturally. Naturally. So there are a lot of documented photos, videos, recordings of voice phenomenon, and personal encounters. Among some of the recordings of voice encounters or voice phenomena, the following things have been heard. Go away. I'll kill you. Oh, super. We're upset. No shit. I'm scared. Yeah. Why'd you come here and why won't you leave? Oh, no. That, that's sort of super depressing. It's really sad. Because, like, they believe, like, they're trapped there of internal suffering yeah, they're they're and initially they're like they're essentially stuck there. Yeah. 
I found more of the accounts in the Mayflower building and then there's some for the other buildings and then some that I don't quite know where they are, but I added them in anyway. There are four known spirits that haunt the second floor of the Mayflower building. The first is a little boy named Howie. He's known to play with this like plastic airplane. People have seen the plane move on its own and he reportedly doesn't like when people touch his plane. Did Shane touch his plane? Shane did touch his plane, and okay. Shane took his plane and flew it around the room making airplane noises. Of course he did. <laughs> People have also seen a shadow man on this floor. Mm, I don't like shadows. No. I'd rather see, like, an actual person with, like, a sort of blurry person. Not like a shadow. That's just creepy as fuck. Shadows are creepy. Shadows are in the corners. Yeah. There's yeah. a shadow right behind you. Mm. There it's is. a lamp. so the shadow man um he has been seen in the common room or in the bathroom there morning (laughs) martyr so there were reports that someone said they went and they talked to the shadow man and they found out his name may be fisher this name can also be found in the the wall in one of the bedroom cells okay that's creepy yeah, so he's also been caught on camera many times by investigators. Like, there's a lot of pictures of areas in the Mayflower building where there's, like, a shadow. You're going to look it up now? Oh, yeah, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> I'm going to look up pictures, but... So there's also the spirit of a little girl who's been seen multiple times on the second floor. Oh, fuck no! Have you looked this up? I have not, because I'm terrified to look it up. Do you want to see it? No, yes, show me. No, that's fucking go- <laughs> That's creepy. <laughs> oh my god. I can't with that. Oh no. So, the fourth ghost, the fourth main ghost, is a very angry ghost. They think it might be a nurse. And people have been reportedly stabbed with what feels like a needle. Oh no. I don't want to be stabbed with your germy-ass needle. <laughs> right? Oh, okay, so in the basement... There is a seven-foot-tall shadow figure. Oh. Another one. Okay. So he's been heard on EVPs calling himself Mr. King. He stays mainly in the room located closest to the basement. Women have had their butts slapped and hair pulled in the room known as Mr. King's room. All right. He's frisky. Mr. Mr. King wants to get with (laughs) you. He's a little frisky. Seven foot tall, though. Yeah, no, I'm out. That's terrifying. Yeah. So there's also a classroom in the basement where there's there was a red ring painted on the floor. And this is believed like where children would play with marbles because, you know, you'd play yeah. with marble. Yeah, you got to hit like the marble out of the circle yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So now if items are put in the ring, they'll be moved. Nope. <laughs> Caretakers of the building have been pushed on the stairs between the second and third floor. Pushed down the stairs? Just like pushed, shoved while they were ah. on the stairs. So, the Quaker building. The Quaker Oaks building? The Quaker Oaks building. Did they serve a lot of oatmeal there? <laughs> um, probably not. It seems like everyone was hungry. <laughs> well, oatmeal's not that filling, so I guess they could be that skinny, right? I guess so. So, this also has a lot of activity. People have reported going in and feeling like an intense fear rushing over them. And, like, they would be fine. They'd walk into the building and be fine for a second. And then all of a sudden, like, fear, like, overrunning <sighs> them. I don't, I don't like feelings like that. No, me neither. So numerous shadows manifest and dissipate at will. What? Like, 
Like, all of a sudden, you're just standing in this room, and then all of a sudden, like, a circle of shadows just staring at you, and then they disappear. They just manifest and dissipate. They'll just... No, 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 Because there's so many people there, and it's just all different people. You know it's all different people. Right. Like, there were so many people at this facility. (laughs) And I'm sure so many people died at this facility. Like, they were taken care of so poorly. Do they offer tours? They do. We'll get there. Would you go? I don't know. I don't know if I'd go Everything I've read about this... I don't know. Can so, we try? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there have Road been trip. sightings of a small female child with long black hair that looks over. Samara. Or, she looks over or around things. Samara. <laughs> uh-uh. No. Get your long black hair out of here. <laughs> Diet blonde. People will like you better. Doors and rocking chairs will move without anyone being near them. I hate things moving. And preventing me from doing things. Right. An investigator was scratched on the arm by an unknown object. Demons? Like, he wasn't near anything. Demons? And scratch. Um, an investigator was shoved from behind hard enough to leave deep red marks on the small of their back. Ooh. Objects are thrown in the basement, and this includes the things that have been thrown were a crowbar. Where the fuck did the ghosty get a crowbar? Like, I have no idea. Let's get the crowbar away from the ghost. God damn. Um, a brass fixture and other various items are thrown in this. Really basement. heavy things for ghosts to throw. Yeah. Like, how are they mustering up that much energy to throw things that heavy at no you? No idea. Like- um, so a psychic medium, Sharon Pugh, has felt multiple energies, including either a demonic force or a spirit that was not very nice in their past life. <laughs> that could be a load of things. It could it could be, but it's still terrifying. In the Limerick building, there has been an apparition of a woman in an old-style nurse's uniform. Oh, she, she died. Do you know how she died in the building? I don't. That's all I know about that building. Okay. There's a Devon building. Oh, yeah, I see that. So, sorry. I told Devin, I was like, Devin Hall. There's a Devin building. <laughs> so, it's a pretty big ass building. Yeah. I, these next few, I don't have a lot of accounts for, and I was ha- running out of time and having a hard time finding things. But in this building, there have been unknown sounds in multiple EVPs. Yeah. In the Tinnycum building. The tin, tin. Oh, there's a Hershey Hall. There is a Hershey Hall. Okay. Um. So in this Tinnycum building, there have been multiple EVPs, and an investigator reported having their leg touched. Nope. So in the Philadelphia building, we're just hopping around here. We are. We're just going to buildings, building after building now. Loud screaming and voices have been heard coming from the building. Loud screaming. What happened in that building? I have no idea. That actually, the bullet after this was. That, like, people went inside, investigated, looked around. There was no one in the building. But, like, loud screaming could be heard coming from the building. No. That just gave me chills. Oh, I know. Like, it's so creepy. (laughs) EVPs and multiple voices have been heard in the administration building. And there was also, there was an EVP caught. It caught the sound of a toilet flushing. (laughs) Which is hilarious. But there's no running water or bathroom fixtures in the building anymore. (laughs) right the ghost just was finishing his business he's going about his daily routine in the administration building yes he's just just living his life he he, he had to he was getting paid to poop yeah he's pooping on the company's dime he was so in the hershey hall 
Hershey, a, sorry. Hershey Hall, Hershey <laughs> Building, a female child's voice has been heard on the third floor. So the rest of this, I don't know where they happened. Where they happened. These are just other reports. Okay. So visitors have seen full body apparitions, shadows moving along corridors or scurrying away from the light. Mm. Objects. No, I don't want things scurrying away. If no. I put a light on you, I want you to stay there. I want I want I want to witness you in your full fledged glory. I don't need you to scurry away from no, me. No, that's creepier. Don't I scurry. Because <laughs> like scurrying, you know, you think of horror movies where people are like crab crawling on the ground. Oh, I know. <laughs> like it's creepy. So <laughs> objects have been thrown through the air. Doors open and close on their own. This is this next part. There have been sounds of disembodied footsteps, shouts, crying, screaming, and vomiting. Oh no. You know, if I was in, hold on, <laughs> if I was in that building and like all of a sudden, like we're walking down a corridor, you know, and all of a sudden I'm from one of the rooms, we just hear disembodied vomiting, you know, I'd be like, oh, I'm like, oh. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I was like, what? <laughs> Vomit. Oh no. I mean, like gagging, like trying to hold, like to hold it in. Like the sound of vomiting is like one of the worst sounds. It is one of the worst sounds. So... People have also reported an overwhelming fear, feeling of despair, and oh, they yeah. can't remain in the building longer than a few minutes. Okay. I don't know which building, but... I couldn't probably last in there either. Yeah. In addition, many have been touched, scratched, and some have felt the pass of an icy breeze. Hmm. Nope. I, I don't know if I could do this building. Can we, like... I just want to try. Like, I feel like I can't do this building. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I want, I still want to try, Amber. I know. <laughs> it just is so <laughs> terrifying. And just the past. And, like, I watched that documentary. Watch, we'll go there and nothing will fucking happen. Oh, of course. And we'll be like, oh, this, this building was NBD. <laughs> I will still be so scared the entire time. Uh, Penhurst is now called the Penhurst Asylum. And it's operated as a haunted attraction. Like, around the Hall Halloween and stuff, they actually operated as a haunted house. No, I just want to tour it. I you don't can. Wanna, okay. So I don't want to go into your shitty haunted house. They have all sorts with of real ghosts. They have tons of different experiences for their haunted locations. There's a ton of them. Okay. Uh, you can also do private events and tours. I don't know if they do those all year round or anything, but it seems like they might. You can. All, there's also overnight things, and I'm not. No, I'm not saying overnight. I no. could never do overnight. That would be too like you hard. just need to like dose me with like a couple of Xanax and be like, okay, Jesse, you're staying overnight in the most haunted place ever, and you're like, ha, 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 ha. all right. Even on Xanax, I would be out. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the Penhurst State School and Hospital. Okay, it is dark. Okay, so in the haunted house stories, is it like things like, oh, hey, the characters aren't allowed to touch you, but then they're like, hey, this goat, like this person touched me, and they're like, no, no one's supposed to touch you. I have you. no idea. Like, <laughs> Cause I was gonna try, I was trying to figure out if like it was actually like they have haunted, like they have people and characters and stuff in the haunted attractions, or if they just send people in or like, here you go, freak yourself out. I have no idea. I couldn't really find it, but um, it was really easy to find their website. So <laughs> yeah, just. Like I said, I watched that documentary. I couldn't even watch all of it. I watched about half of it. I wanted to watch more. I'll probably end up watching more of it just to fully. Yeah. But it was hard for me to get through like the first five minutes. I had to pause and like, just because you Compose. see the people. 
Yeah. It's the actual people that were living there. This is a real documentary. So it was really rough. Yeah. So I don't recommend it if people are very, very sensitive to this kind of thing. It did bring out some sort of change where the facility was closed, but it was rough. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if I do. That picture you showed me of that shadow man really creeped me yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, those are my that's my story. I I I I, I want to go there. What else is in Pennsylvania? Isn't it Hershey, isn't... Pennsylvania? Oh yeah, go see, go get some chocolate. Yeah, my sister goes no. there for competitions a lot. Actually, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's just go go to the haunted house and then we'll cure our souls with chocolate. <laughs> so I like chocolate. <laughs> is that is it Mammoth Cave in Pennsylvania? I don't think so. Oh, or Kentucky. I or... think it's in Kentucky, but I'm not positive. Uh, I don't if know. Kentucky. I was okay. gonna say if Devin was here, she would tell us. Devin would know. Devin would know. All right, so are we wrapping wrapping up? I guess we're oh, oh I guess we're wrapping up. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. You can follow us on Google Play, Apple, iTunes, uh, and Podbean, and Stitcher. Yes. And Stitcher. So you can email us your stories. We would love to hear your stories. Yeah. I want my skin to crawl with your stories. I want to see them. I want to hear them. We want to do listener episodes. This would be so cool. Yeah. So email us your stories at marbleforestpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at Marble Forest Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at The MF Cast. And a special thank you to Jenna, who did our art, and you can follow her at Agenda, a Jen like Jenna, duh, on Etsy and Instagram. And thanks to Devin, who's not here but has to edit all of our stuff for us. We appreciate her. <laughs> and thank you guys for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>